Here we go. Second Parakayuma. Tafchaf Bays. We're right on top. We're starting a brand new daf. Here we go. Fascinating daf today. It's going to start out with some halachas. A lot of uh, messages in life as well. Just to give an overview very briefly. There's really so much that this daf covers. Um, but the parak's going to start out by discussing the mitzvah of the Trumas Hadesha. The initial removal of the shovel full of ashes that was taken off the Mizbeach. How it was chosen. Now remember, we learned in the last parak that the, the Trumas Hadeshan on a regular day would be done any time before daybreak. Right? We said Yom Kippur. They did it at Chatzos. On a regal. It was done after the first third of the night. On a regular morning. I shouldn't use the word morning. On a regular day. It was done immediately prior to the morning. So part of the discussion on Aleph is going to be whether the Truma Sadeshin is considered kind of a night shift avoda or a daytime shift avoda. Okay? And we'll see what the difference is. We'll see what the difference is. The after going through the process and all this on Amr Bayes, there's going to be a big focus on Shaul Amelech and his dynasty, why his dynasty ended, along with various um, various Agarita Gemaras. All right, let's get going. Zakt the Mishnah Barishaina originally. Anybody who wanted to take off the Shuma Sadashan from the Mizbeach Tyrin, he was able to do it. Now, keep in mind the following. When we say call me, whoever wants to do it, it doesn't mean me and you. We're not Kayhanim. It doesn't even mean Simcha Kohn necessarily. Who is a Kayan, right? He's the one Kayan here with us right now. What it does mean is that if we recall, the Kahanim were broken up into Mishmaris, into watches. Each Mishmar got a week. And into each Mishmar, there, it was split up for a day for a base Av. So what we're referring to is a Kohen who's part of a family in a Mishmar. Initially, any Kohen was able to just go ahead and do the Trumas Hadeshan, which should be surprising to us. Because wouldn't this lead to Machlokas? Wouldn't it lead to Machlokas? So we're going to see. There's going to be a big part of uh, of uh, what Dav Chafez Amar Aleph talks about. But initially, any kind who was in that family was allowed to do the Trumas Hadeshan. And let's say there were a number of Kaihanim that wanted to do the Trumas Hadeshan. So this is what they told them to do. First come, first serve. Rotsim Ba'ilam Bakevesh. They would go running up the ramp. Now follow closely. Whoever beat out another Kohen by a four ama distance, meaning it wasn't like the Olympics where you win by a hundredth of a second. If another Kohen was within four amas, which Allah is the same makam, if another Kohen was in four amas of the first Kohen, so that was considered a tie. If you beat the other Kohen by at least four amas, zacha. You got this, Chos. Let's say two of them were equal. Now, not literally equal, but it means within four amas of each other. So the head Kayin would say to them, let's go, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah, no, it wasn't rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
but he would say to every Kayan, and this is going to be a big part of the Gemara as well, all the Kayhanim who were there at that time, even not only the ones that just tied, any Kayan who's there, say, gather around in a circle, everybody stick out one or two fingers, says the Mishnah, they were allowed to stick out one or two finger, fingers, one of the two fingers was not allowed to be a thumb, we'll see in the Gemara why we weren't allowed to use the thumb, it led to shtick, okay, Misa, um, period. All right, that's what they would do. So again, what, what what happened originally? Again, this is what the Gemara says. Initially, originally, it was first come, first serve. If there was ever a tie, two kaihanim within four amas of each other, then it turned into one all-out lottery. Now, the obvious question that we should be asking, and the Gemara is going to get into this as well, but let's bavarn it. Let's forewarn what's going to happen so that we have greater clarity as you move along. Why is it fair that all the other Kahanim should be included and have a chance to win the Avaida? They weren't part of the first one, two, three, however many people ran up that ramp together. So we're going to see in the Gemara that the way this finger game worked, this finger, we'll call it the finger lottery, worked, is that everybody was told to stick out one or two fingers. Well, first... The Kayan in charge called out a number. 82. And all of the Kayanim had to stick out one or two fingers. And the head Kayan would start counting. And when he got, everyone was not about one or two fingers. And when he got to number 82, whoever it landed on, whoever it landed on was counted. Now, if you only use the first two people who tied, it's too easy to figure out to know how many fingers to put out. If you have a whole group of Kayhanim, you don't know if the next guy is putting out one finger, two fingers. You can't pull any shtick over there. Okay? So that's part of the that, that's the reason why we included any Kayhanim that were around at that time. This way it should actually be uh, be a, a fair lottery. Okay. Maisa, there was a story, however, that was all initially. But then there was a story, Shayush Shab. Two Kayhanim were running up side by side. One of them was really from, really religious. He wanted to make sure he got to do the Avaidah. So what do you do when you want to serve Hashem? You break your friend's leg to make sure that you're able to do it. What happened, right? Two of them went running up the Mizbeach. One guy pushed his friend off. He broke his leg. Ah, what a tzaddik. You care so much about doing the Avaidah in front of HaKadosh Baruch Okay? Now, it's kind of like the Meissen Yeshiva, where there was a, a guy who, was, um, who had his own milk. And somebody kept taking his milk from the coffee fridge. He didn't know who it was. And he couldn't, he couldn't find the culprit. So he wrote on the milk, Chol of Stam. And everybody stopped taking it. Yeah? I, I could be a Ghana, but I'm not going to drink Chol of Stam. <laughs> it's like, if it's Chol of Israel, I'll take it, right? What happens? This, this guy is doing the Avaidah. He's doing the service, the base of me. There's why, what is that? I'm going to push my friend off, break his leg. So we're going to see in the Gemara, however, that we're going to get involved in, in uh, you know, this discussion of being a little too zealous in, in uh, our Avaita Sashem. So the Kiban Shiro Bezdin, once Bezdin saw that it was starting to become dangerous, and keep in mind this is fascinating. Initially, apparently, the first come, first serve didn't bring any danger. 
And this is going to be part of our discussion in the Gemara. They said, you know, from here on forth, there's no more races. There's just straight up lottery. And there were four lotteries that were done in the base of Mikdash each day. And this was the first of the pious. This was the first lottery that was done in the base of Mikdash. Obviously, only including that particular base av for that day, right? Everybody was part of the same family, um, you know, that, uh, that, was, that had their day for the Avaida was included in the lottery, period. Okay, let's start the Gemara. Says the Gemara very simply, what happened originally that it worked to have a first come, first served? First up, the Mizbeach is and then afterwards, that changed. What changed? Says the Gemara. This idea of having lotteries seems to be a good idea. Uh, otherwise, I mean, what's bothering the Gemara is, otherwise, what if you have uh, Speedy Gonzalez? Yeah? What if one guy who's just faster than everybody else? So, th- th- it's not fair. You have one guy who's just slower. He's not athletic. He's gonna takes a, you know, he lumbers along. Why, why is it a fair thing? What, what, like, what... What, why, why didn't we just do lotteries throughout? It's a smart idea. Answer the Gemara Meikara sub originally, they thought, keep on the boy the slyly. Ready? Again, how did we start out our introduction for the parak for Truma Sadeshan? We learned in the last parak that the Truma Sadeshan was done right before daybreak. So people viewed the Truma Sadeshan like it was a night avaida. Picture schnooks, the night shift stocks the shelves. That's not as glamorous. It's important, but it's not as glamorous as those, uh, you know, taking care when the customers are all there. Right? So at first, the Kaihanim viewed the Chuma Sadeshan like it's part of the Abaydin. Now, we know all the Abaydin based on Mikdash happened during the day. So anything that's a nighttime was kind of like a support Abaydin. Not crucial. So the Kaihanim weren't so into it. They weren't really racing up the Kevesh. There, there wasn't much competition for this. And therefore, it wasn't chashiv so much to them, and therefore it wasn't leading to any sort of machlaikas. But once the Rabbanon saw that machlaikas over the course of time did start, and the people were starting to view it with chashivas, which is good, it's a good thing, that they were giving chashivas to the Chuma Sadashan. However, it was leading to machlaikas, and now a leg broke. So, Tekinu Lapiasa. So they said, let's start with the lottery. Says the Gemara, very Varamu Padarm, the Avaidist, Ilip, Tekinu Lerabonam Piasa. Ask the Gemara, how can you tell me that you only need to do a lottery for a daytime Avaida and not a nighttime Avaida if the burning of the fats and limbs was done overnight? Right? It started beginning of the night, it burnt overnight. And that was another part of the Avoda that needed to have a lottery. But I thought you told me nighttime avaidas don't need lottery because people aren't interested. So the Gemara answers, Saif avaida diamamu. No, I'll tell you why. Because very uh, fascinating logic. Ready? Here's the logic. There's a difference. Put yourself into a teenager's mind for now, okay? Yeah. I don't know if we have any uh, teenagers with us right now on Zoom. But let's go back there. Go into a teenager's mind. Ask a teenager. You go to sleep at 2 a.m.? Yeah. You go to sleep at 3 a.m.? Yeah. You ever dream of being up at 6 a.m.? No. 
Why not? 3 a.m. is still is still uh, from the previous day. You know, there's no way I'm up at 6 a.m. That ain't happening. You know, chas v'sholem. 6 a.m. is 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 mitenacht. 7 a.m. middle of the night. 8 a.m. middle of the night. 9 o'clock maybe. Right? Yeah, people go to see. Says the Gemara, the Hegdechalam Evarim that started at the end, right after the Abayit of the day. There were a lot of kahanim around, and they still viewed the burning of the fats and limbs like it's part of the day Avaida. They ha- it was chashuv to them. And therefore, we needed lotteries. However, the truma sadeshin that was done right before daybreak, very early in the morning, so it was harder for the Gahanim to wake up so early, and therefore, originally, it wasn't leading to machlaikas. The same way, chalav and ve'ibarim, where people were up when that Avaida was starting, and therefore, they always needed a lottery. Ask the Gemara, Hai nami tchilas There's also, why don't we view the Truma Sadeshan like it's a daytime Avaida? The Amar says, Once you wash your hands and feet for the Truma Sadeshan, you don't need to wash again for the rest of the day. So you see, Truma Sadeshan is considered a daytime Avaida, so the Kahanim should have taken it seriously, to which the Gemara answers, No. Either you could say that he doesn't need to wash his hands again because when he ha- when he just washed, he had in mind for the daytime Avaida as well. Or you could say, Ikadamri Meikara Savor. Originally, what was going on in the mindset was, like we said, people aren't waking up so early in the morning. It's harder to wake up. So they simply weren't coming. And their abundant felt there's no need to, to decree a lottery. Let the first Kayan who unlocks, you know, the first one to show up, let him do it. But once Kahanim were taka waking up early to come do the Truma Sadeshan, it was a danger, so Takira Bey Rabban and Paisa, so they instituted a lottery. Okay, I have a Varabupadarim. But the burning of the fats and limbs, the Ika Ainas Shena, over there, there's also a uh, there's also Ainas Shena, because and people could be tired once you hit nighttime. Yeah. Granted, people are tired at the end of the day, but there's a big difference between uh, uh, when you're finishing up a job and you're tired but you're not sleeping yet and a person who's already uh, sleeping and now has to get up early. It's very, very very difficult. One of the hardest feelings, the hardest feelings is when you come back from a long trip, you drive back from the East Coast or you come back on a flight, you get in at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, or you're out doing a mitzvah, you bomb tired, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you haven't gone to sleep yet, you get under your cozy covers, and all of a sudden you realize you didn't dive a marav. Ooh, oh, oy, 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 oy. being in bed and remembering that you, that you didn't dive a marav, oy. then you got to get back out of bed, you got dressed, and a gun says, ah, that's a terrible thing, that's very, very hard. Uh, you gotta, that, that's where we earn our Elam Haba. So says the Gemara, that waking up from sleep, getting out of bed, is a lot harder than being tired once you are out of bed. Period. Okay. So, what we just left off with, we're done with that part of the discussion. Not that part of the mission, but that part of the discussion. Which is, originally, there was no need for a lottery for the Truma Sadashem because people were... The Kahanim were tired. Their abundant assumed the Kahanim would be tired. They wouldn't be getting out of bed. And then apparently the era started where people were getting up early. A lot of Kahanim were showing up. It was leading to Sakana. 
And that's why there's a lottery. Here's the main point that's going to segue into the next Gemara. Why did the Mishnah say there's a lottery? Because of Sakana. If not for the danger, they would never have instituted the lottery. That's what it seems from the Mishnah. Let's talk about this. Says the Gemara. This is going to segue into the next piece. Says the Gemara. The reason why there was a lottery is because Kayam broke his foot and it was leading to danger. Is that really true? But there's another reason brought down for the lottery. We learned in Hebrew. Listen to this. This is beautiful. Whoever got the right to take the to do the truma sadesha and to clean off the first scoop from the mizbeach, also got a bundled deal. Also was able to set up the wood on top of the for the fire and place the two blocks of wood on top, and therefore asks the Gemara one second. A kohen to merit. To do start out the day with the first three avodas, the truma sedeshem, the, the setting up the wood and placing the two initial big pieces of wood on top of the mizbeach, three chashuva jobs. You're telling me people were oversleeping? No. The reason for the lottery, what says the bride, says the Mishnah, is not because people started getting hurt, but because people. <laughs> you got to do the first three avaitas of the day. Of course that has to be auctioned off. That's a big schus. That's a big schus. It's not about, it's not about racing up the mezbeach. It's about who's zaycha. Who's going to choose who's zaycha? You got to do a lottery. Omar Ravashi, Ravashi says, Really, both of these logics are true. Listen to this. This is fascinating how Chachamim understood people's approach to mitzvahs. Listen to this. Me'ikara savor, originally, the Chachamim thought, lay asu, that, that, listen, the Kahanim are not going to wake up early in the morning, so early to do the Truma Sadesh. Kivan dechazu dekaasu, once they saw the Kahanim were waking up early to come do the Truma Sadesh, va'asu namil de sakana, and it was leading to danger. Takinu le'piyasa, so they said, let's start doing lots. So lay asu, ready? When they instituted the lottery, the Kahanim stopped coming. Why? Amri, they said, Who says we're going to win? You hear this? In other words, if I know I have a chavrusa right now with my pillow at 5 o'clock in the morning, I can hop around another hour of shluf. And maybe 1 in 40 chance, maybe 40 got to be the 1 in 40 chance, I might do the avayda. I'll stay in bed. <laughs> Die to stay in bread, have a harusa with my pillow, then uh, to take a, have a, a, a 4% chance of winning the lottery. So once the Chum instituted the lottery, the Kahanam even stopped coming. So now the, the Rabbanon had a problem. They, they, it wasn't Bakabadik, it's not respectful for Kahanam not to show up. So you know what they did to entice the Kahanam to show up for the lottery, even though they may not win? Hadr Tekimelahu, so they established, they made a decree. This way they said, you know, we're going to throw in two other, two other uh, winnings. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, remember when that Powerball uh, two years ago went over a billion dollars? 
all of a sudden people are buying tickets. Why? When it's when when it's at the regular eighty million, you you, you know, <laughs> you you can't you can't afford a dollar, two dollars. You can't afford it. Eighty million, no, a billion dollars. Ah, that's because I'd waste two dollars. You don't have a greater chance of winning. Where's the svara? There's no greater chance of winning when it's worth a billion than it was when it was worth uh, twenty million, forty, whatever it is. Like, what's the svara? What's the logic? The answer is that's how our minds work. When there's more, when there's when there's uh, more thrown into the pot, all of a sudden uh, it piques people's curiosities. Like, oh, okay, you know. Uh, the, you know, uh, I could uh, I could do a lot with that tzedakah. The first thing that falls into every uh, yid's mind, eh, tzedakah. I want to win for tzedakah, right? Okay. So same thing over here. That originally by was the truma sadasha. Okay, maybe I will now stay in bed. But once they threw in all three avodas, then the kahanim felt, you know, this is taka kedai. Even if I don't win, but the chances of of winning are far greater, and therefore the kahanim still showed up to the lottery, and they came early in the morning, period. End of that part of the Mishnah. Okay, beautiful. Says the Gemara Vaita. Okay, there's going to be a a short little uh, Gemara on the next piece of Mishnah. Just a few lines, here we go. The Mishnah said, Ubizman Shehein Merub. Okay, that um, the uh, the kaihanim would go running up the ramp, okay, and they had to win by at least four amas. They had to win by at least a distance of four amas. Omar of Papa, Rav Papa says, Pshitali, it's simple to me. Arba amas da ara loy, rotsin the oilen bekevesh tenan. Okay, he says. Let me explain what the four Amas is. The four Amas doesn't mean four Amas um, from the beginning. Okay? Rather, uh, and I'm sorry, and the reason why I know it doesn't mean the first one to run four Amas. I know that for sure. Why? Because Rotsim Ba'olim Ba'kevashan. It says that they went running up the ramp. Okay? So that means that they already had to, uh, you know, uh, get moving on the ramps. It doesn't mean that you came within four Amas of the ramp. It means that you were four Amis on the ramp. And Kamaisa Nami Light, we also can't be referring to the first four Amis on the ramp itself that you had to have a lead, and that's what gave you the Avaida. Because Ratzimba Ailimba Kevashan, it says that they would go running up the ramps. They already were a nice way up. And then we said, whoever got there first. The Baini Baini Nami Light, it also is not referring to the middle four Amis. Deloy Mesaima Milsa, because the Mishnah would have specified that if it was kind of a middle of no man's land. And also, Pshitali, the Gabe Mizbeach Tanan. And it's also simple to me, it's obvious that what does it mean, the four Amis? It means that you reached four Amis on the ramp closest to the Mizbeach. So the top of the Mizbeach, you have a ramp going up. We're referring to the four Amas closest to the Mizbeach. That was the finish line. That was the finish line. Okay. Bayer of Papa. So now that we established that we're dealing with the final four Amas of the ramp being the finish line of the race, Rapapa asks a Shaila searching for information. Arba Amas the four Amas that we said in the Mishnah, Bahadei Amas Yisoyed, the Amas Soyved. 
Does it include the ama of the base and the ama around the ledge? Okay, let's turn to the top of Ahmed base, and we'll explain in a moment. Aidoma, or maybe bar may amsa yisayid, but maybe it means besides for the ama of the base and the ama around the ledge. To which the Gemara ultimately answers take. We're not sure, and let's just explain what his question was. The Papa's asking that. Do you measure the four Amis where the ramp ends and the Mizbeach starts? Or we know that the Mizbeach was three leveled, like this, okay? At three levels. It was the top, and then the middle part stuck out an Amma. It was a ledge, and then down an Amma, and then the base also was an Amma, stuck out, Okay. So when the ramp went all the way up, it actually went past those two amas all the way up to the tippy top. Did it have to come up to four amas where the base started, which was further out on the ramp, or all the way over to the top? Okay, this this highest level to which the Gemara answers Teku. We're not sure. Uh, we'll have to ask the Shaila to Eliyahu Hanavi. Period. End of that discussion on that part of the Mishnah. Okay. All right, here we go. We're now going to get into some fascinating, beautiful stories, some fascinating Gishmaka Agadatu Gemaras, and how exactly this finger, uh, this finger raffle uh, lottery worked, and what this. Uh, explanation of the lottery is going to get us into the discussion of why you're not allowed to count Jews, okay? Because keep in mind, what did we say as far as the lottery is concerned? Each one stuck out one finger or two fingers. The Gemara is going to get into why you just count the Kahana, okay? And that's going to lead us onto the discussion of not counting Yidin. And uh, so, so let's get going. If let's say it was a tie race, again, what does tie mean? They're within four amas. So the lead Kayan says, all right, everybody stick out your fingers. Put out your fingers so we can make a count. Says the, ask the Gemara, why don't you just count the Kahana? Why do you got to put out fingers? And so the Gemara, you're not allowed to count the Yid. You're not allowed to count the Yid. They were counted with Bezek. Now, Bezek is not to be confused with phone lines. Yeah? Bezek in Eretz Yisrael is Verizon in the United States. Yeah? No, Bezek over here is broken pieces of pottery that, uh, that uh, were used, we're going to get into this Gemara now, that was used um, when... Klal Yisrael was, when Shol was uh, counting Klal Yisrael. Okay? I'm sorry, he was counting his soldiers. When he counted his soldiers, when he was counting his soldiers, so they used broken pieces of pottery, that's, he was counted, he counted them with Bezek, as opposed to counting them by themselves. Masla Ravashi, Rasa Shandri question, Bezek means broken pottery. Maybe it means they were counted in a city by the name of Bezek. It says they found Adoni in Bezek. So you see it's the name of a place. It's a good question. The whole proof that you have to count things and not people's heads themselves is because Shoal counted Bezek. 
you assume Bezek means broken pieces. So you have to count broken pieces. Says Gemara, no, it means a place. You count them in a place. Maybe he counts their heads, says Gemara. Um, you're right. And then we have a new source. As, um, it says, Vayishma Shaul Esa'om. Shaul count, Vayishama Shaul Esa'om. Shaul called the people towards him. Vayifkadim, and he counted them, Vitalaim, with sheep. Okay? He told each person to take a sheep. And once he counted the sheep, he knew that um, uh, he knew how many uh, soldiers he had. Okay. Amr Abelaz, If you count the Yid, you've transgressed the Lav. is like the sand. Uh, that cannot be counted, cannot be measured. It can't be measured. And they cannot be counted. Okay, you're not allowed to count yidim. This is, by the way, this gemara is the source for what we do when we come to shul, and you want to make sure there's a minion. So uh, you know, so you know, we use psukim that have ten words to uh, to count how many people there are. Some people say the bracha of hamaitzi. I've heard people say that. That's ten words. I've heard people uh, do that when they're trying to count a minion. Um, but uh, that's not the that's not the uh, accepted custom. The accepted custom is Hashia Samecha Uvarechas Nachlasecha Urim Venasim Ad Oilam. That's a pasuk um, brought down that which which has uh, ten words in it, and a lot of paiskim are it's actually mentioned already from the Kadmainim to use that pasuk when counting Klal Yisrael. Amr Shul Barachmini Shul Barachmini says Rabbi Yonason Rami Rami says challenging question a contradiction. It says in the Postuk, it seems you could be counted, except it's hard. It's impossible. Can sand technically be counted? Yeah. We just don't. So it says, oh, you'll be counted like the sand. And it says you can't count it. Well, come on. So the more like Kasha, Kan Bizman Shisol Aisim with Sainas Ramakam, Kan Bizman Shain Yisrael Aisim. This is fascinating. Okay? You know what this is saying? We're not dealing with physical numbers of Yidim. When Klai Yisrael is not following in the ways of Hashem, Klai Yisrael as a whole can be measured. We have limits. But when Klai Yisrael is following in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, impossible. It's impossible to understand what a Yid is, what Klai Yisrael can do, what the nation of, of Yisrael can do. When we're doing Ritzayna Yishamakayim, we are limitless. And that's what the Pasuk means, we can't be counted. It's not referring to, again, in the question we thought we're referring to physical numbers. Oh, wait, could you, I thought you could count it like that. Right? Terrence says no. When we're not following the ways of God, there's Baruch Hu, yeah, it's possible to count us because we're going to be limited. If we're following the Kodesh Baruch Hu, impossible. What Kai Yisrael can accomplish is huge. Rab, Rabbi Yomar, Mishum, Avi Yaisi, Ben Testoy, Lekasher, Khan, Bidei Odom, Khan, Bidei Shamayim. All right? Um, that when we do Ritzayin Shalmakayim, then only HaKadosh Baruch Hu could count us. When we're not, then uh, down here on earth, also it's possible to be counted, period. Now there's a lot of fascinating uh, lessons uh, to take out of this. Um, but uh, you know, included in this is just to, to for us to contemplate 
the importance and the beauty of being part of a greater whole, of being part of Kali When we connect ourselves to a minion, when we connect ourselves to a community, when we connect ourselves to Am Yisrael, it's in, we're, we're limitless. We're limitless. And this taka, according to some of the Mepharshim, is why it's actually usher to count a yid. Because when you count a yid, you're giving a yid a number, and we're singling that person out. We're kind of separating them from the greater whole. You don't give a yid a number, because we all need the greater whole, that greater Klal Yisrael to be part of, without being singled out, so that we'll have the ultimate protection. Beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, concept, and something to really uh, contemplate and think to ourselves, how we can put this into our uh, regular lives and how we interact and how we view uh, and how we view Yidin and how we view Klal Yisrael. Okay. Here we go. Once we mentioned what Shaul HaMelech did to count his soldiers. We're going to keep talking about this. Here we go. Om Rebni Loi Baridi Omar Shmuel Rebni Loi Baridi says Nehmer Shmuel once a person is appointed to be a leader on a community, Miss Asher, he becomes wealthy. Okay? Now, what does it mean that he becomes wealthy? It means when you connect yourself to a tzibur, the, the various parts start to come together. We're not talking about financially in somebody's bank account, per se. Okay? We're talking about stam, that various parts, when, you, when you're part of a greater whole, things start to come together on behalf of that person. As the Mishnah tells us, that, that uh, people, somebody works for the Tzibur, a beautiful, beautiful Mishnah in Avis, you should know that all your successes are from the schos Avis of the Tzibur, previous people who lived in that community, any success people have now is from the previous generations. But don't worry, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you this chus as if you took part in it. But really, it's all this chus of the, of the dairis that existed with that tzibur. When we connect ourselves, it pulls everything together. First it says that Shol counted them through Bezek. They were counted with sheep. So you see, initially it was like fragmented, broken apart. And then we had whole sheep. Says the Gemara of Adoma maybe Shaul Hamelech uh, counted them from their own sheep, not his sheep. So I don't know Shaul Hamelech himself got anything from being Isaac and Matzibor. So the Gemara says no. It came my rebu, uh, my the Mosa. So if there wouldn't be any particular message, why would it mention it in the first place? It wouldn't be important to mention that it was sheep. The fact that was that we initially mentioned that it was broken pottery. Then we talk sheep. It must be that the the Tanakh, the Navi, is trying to give us a message that Shaul Melech prospered. He became he started doing well in the time that he was Isaac and Matzibor, the time that he became king. Period. Okay. All right, let's keep going and discuss Shaul Melech's war with Amalek, which is when he counted his soldiers. And he fought against Amalek in the valley. Omar Rav Mani, Rav Mani says, Al Iske Nachal. 
he fought with Amalek. Why? Because something happened about the valley. Now, what do you mean something happened about the valley? So, what it means over here is that there's a halacha in Egla Rufa when somebody dies in between two cities. So, the, the measure of which city the person died in was closest to, and the bezin of that city goes out and they take a calf and they break the back of its neck. They say, Okay? So, what does this have to do with the battle of Shol HaMelech and Amalek? So, let's keep reading. Go kill out Amalek. Omar, Shaul said, When one person dies, the Torah demands an entire city's Bezdin, brings an Egla Rufa, it must be that if I kill out every Amaleki, there's going to be repercussions. Fascinating. Shaul's trying to like outthink Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak. Okay. So what the Mefarshim explain here is, the, I'm sorry. Let's keep reading, and then I'll then we'll focus. Okay. So Shonel said, listen, the men of Amalek, all right, maybe they're Chayav Misa. But why are Hashem commanding me to kill out all of Amalek and their animals? What do animals do? And if the adult Amalekim sinned, what do the Ketanim do? Don't be such a Tzadik. This is fascinating. Don't be such a tzaddik. It's a very important message. There's a safer. It's worthwhile to go through this if you, if and when you ever have time. It's a big safer. It's it's um, a safer written by Rabbi Avram ben Rambam, the Rambam's son. Hamaspik Hashem, a guide to be a proper Oved Hashem. And what Rabbi, what the Rambam's son Avram does is he takes different character traits and he teaches us the Torah Dika way to, ve- to, to use it. Meaning, the, over here, Shaul HaMelech might have been the nicest guy. He's being such a Rachamon. He's the beautiful Mida of Rachmanus, of mercy. And yes, I know some things need to be done, but anything different than mamish, those who sinned, you know, I should have compassion on them. I shouldn't kill the children. I shouldn't kill the animals. I got it. Abbas came down and said, Al-Tahid This is misplaced Rachmanis. Everything needs balance, and there's a way to use it in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every single midah. Generosity needs balance. Stinginess needs balance. Mercy needs balance. Humility needs balance. Everything needs balance. He goes through a room and around in a safer, a beautiful safer. He, he, he walks us through the balance that an Ever Hashem needs to properly have. Over here, Shola Melech got a little too, too from for himself. He got a little too from, a little too nice beyond what Akadish Baruch Hu demanded of him as a Melech. 
And also, when Sholem Melech said to Daiga Daimi, Saiv Ato Kahanim, that you should uh, uh, circle around and kill the Kahanim, okay? Because Shol had thought that they had, these people had, a, had helped out David, and therefore they were married by Malchus. Don't be such a Russia. Okay? So everything, apparently, part of what led to Shoal's downfall is he was a tremendous tzaddik beyond our comprehension, but the balance needed in these areas was what ultimately the Gemara is telling us Shoal slipped. Huh? His downfall. Yeah, ultimately led this down. Amr Avun Ravuna says, Kamrulai Khalibulay Magash Gabba Damari Sia How much is a person not sick and does not feel um from is let's translate it like this. Fortunate is a person who doesn't worry and doesn't get sick because they rely on a Baruch. Shol ba'achas va'osolai. Shol did navera, and he was held accountable. David b'shtayim v'lay osolai, and David sinned twice, but he didn't have that same loss that Shol had. Shol's Shol was the you know he didn't have anybody follow him in the kingship from his family. It was take, completely taken away from his family, and he did this one avera with Amalek. David Amalek did more averas than Shol, according to what the Gemara says. Yet it remained in his family. Okay? Now, says Gemara Shaul Ba'achas Mahi, Maisa Da'agag. Okay, that was the story of the Amalekim. Fa'ika Maisa Da'naiv Irakahanim. What about the story of Naiv Irakahanim? That was another Avera of Shaul. Amaisa Da'aiksiv. Amaisa Da'agagsiv. By the story of Amalek, for Shaul spared, spared them. He says, Nichamti Kiyam Lachti Ashaul. Amalekos Brogu says that please comfort me. That I made Shaul king. Mina Kadosh Baruch was saying that I regret that Shaul Amalek uh, became king, so Kaviyahu, so to speak. Okay. And therefore, this is the primary idea. David B'shtaim. Now, what were David's two averes? Mayninhu, Doria Sosa. the story of Uriah. Okay, and uh, we know the story of Uriah Hachiti. He fought in David's army, and David wanted to marry. Um, David wanted to marry his wife. David took his wife, and um, that was a mistake. It was a big mistake, but ultimately, the Malchus wasn't taken away from David over this. And also, the story of where am I? The Hasosa. Okay, what about the sto- and also the story of Hasosa, when David Amelech uh, decided to take accounting of Klal Yisrael. He took a census. And ultimately, we know, as uh, you know, the Mefarshim explained, it led to a magefa, a tremendous plague. And nowadays, we're aware that the way to stop a plague is through the mea brachas, from what stopped the plague by David Amalekhoi. The person who makes 100 brachos a day um, is protected from magefa, is protected from plague. And it's brought down, a yid should try to, should aim to, to recite 100 brachos a day. It says, Gemara Vika Nami Maisa Devasheva. What about the story of uh, Bathsheba after um, after the uh, a- after Uriah left? So David Amelech had relations 
with Bathsheba. Uriel was Bathsheba's husband. So what about the actual relations with her? So initially we're talking about sending him away was the idea. Now we're talking about what about the relations with her. So Gemara says, Hosam that David HaMelech was punished for that. And he's going to pay four times for Bathsheba. Okay, so um, David HaMelech ended up, uh, David HaMelech ended up somehow with the Tsarist that he had. He, um, he was, rem- he, he had four times the Tsarist for this incident with Bathsheba. Where do you find that he has four times the tsarist? The Gemara says, Yelen um, Amnon Tamar ve Avshalim. He had to deal with four particular tsarists in his life due to what he did. Tsara number one was the story of the Yelen, that um, the, when David Amelech slept with Bathsheba, so she had a child, and that child ended up dying, so David Amelech never saw anything from this child. Also, the story of Amnon, that was the David HaMelech's son, and he had a stepsister, and he, he, uh, he kind of uh, seduced, uh, he kind of, uh, seduced his, uh, his own half-sister, uh, and um, uh, ultimately Amnon was killed. The story, and that was Amnon Tamar, and the story of Avshalom. Yeah, we know Shalom, Avshalom, uh, ended up going off and he wanted to become the king and he himself tried to kill David he himself tried to kill David his, from his own son and David HaMelech even though he could have killed Avshalom he didn't ultimately uh, he didn't ultimately do that um, but he, he David HaMelech suffered many tsaris in his life because of what he did with Bathsheba and therefore it's not included in the count we said there's two times again we said, which two Averis David HaMelech do that he was spared from Hashem? We listed two. We said, ah, what about the, the adultery with Bathsheba? There's a, he, was, uh, he wasn't spared uh, on that. Asked the Gemara, Hosam Nami Yiparominei. But um, even by counting Klal Yisrael, David HaMelech was punished for. You see, there was a plague. So, how can you tell me there were two th- two times two averis, Uriah and the counting of Klal Yisrael, and he was he was spared? No, he wasn't because there was tremendous tsaris uh, due to his counting. So the Gemara says, "Hasam la'iparu migufei." There was tsaris in Klal Yisrael, but there was no direct tsaris to David Amelech's body. So Gemara says, "Hasam nami la'iparu migufei." Right? So say, what about what we said? What are the the, the punishment for Bathsheba? It says there was the Yeled, Amnon, Tamar, Absalom. Yeah? So did that happen to David's body or was it David's children? It was David's children. So it also wasn't directly to his body. So Gemara says, No, it, it, he was punished through his body. The Omar of Yehud, Omar Rav, Rav Yudah says in the name of Rav, Shisha Chadashim Nitzara, David, David Melech had Saras for six months. Uparshu Yemenu Sanhedrin. And the had to go away from him. They don't become tamiv. And the shechina left him. And this is talking about his own body. And it says, Please return to me the, the gladness, the sasain yeshecha of your salvation. This is what David HaMelech says in Tehillim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, asking him to get rid of the tzaras. 
But Rav says the reason why he got the Taras was because he was Makabel. Uh, I'm sorry, ask the Gemara. We know Dabra Melech was also was Makabel Lashon Hara. So why don't we count this amongst his Averis? Answer the Gemara, Kishmul Dabra Lashon Dabra Because Ravuna, who said it was two, holds that Dabra Melech was never really Makabel the Lashon Hara. He wasn't Makabel it at all. Okay? Um, because he, uh, he, the, the halach is like this. If somebody tells you something negative about somebody else, so you're not allowed to be macabre. However, if you already had a suspicion about something going on, and somebody gives you information, you're allowed to use information thrown your way to help form things that you previously were aware of and to help confirm something. And that's where Davr HaMelech was, and therefore, according to Shmuel, Davr HaMelech was never macabre, the Lashon Hara, um, about, uh, about Avshalom. I Ule Rav Nami Damar Kibulashan Hara. According to Rav, who said David was Makabulashan Hara, I Paramine. Even then, you could say, I, why don't we count it? Lashan Hara of Averis that he wasn't punished for. Either you could say that well, he was a Makabul. And if you say he was Makabul, you could say he was punished. How so? The Amar of Yudamar Rav, Yudas has the name of Rav. Vishosh Amar like David, Lemifi Baishas. Don't remember, I said to Mifi Baishas. Marti Atta, that I am saying to you, Vitsiva, enter Tsiva. Divide the field, split up the field. He's telling me that both of you should get half because I'm not sure which one of you are telling me the MS. Mephibaishas had told David Amelch that Tzivya was not, uh, was not being loyal to him, and David Amelch ultimately was caught in the middle. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm going to have to split the two of you up to see what's going on. Yotza Basko Basko came out and said, and your children as well are going to fight over your kingdom in the same way you divided it here because you are Makabal Hashanah, your children as well will end up splitting up your, in the end, will end up dividing your kingdom. We're not yet finished the daf. However, we will hold it here for today. We're up to Ben Shana Sha'ol B'Molchai. We're going to continue on with um, some lessons and messages concerning, uh, concerning Sha'ol HaMelech. And uh, time's up. We've got to get to Mircha. So uh, we'll hold it here for this evening, and Be'ezas Hashem, pick up from here tomorrow evening.